Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Thank you so much for joining me. This is the podcast, The Endurance of Labor Laws. I am your lovely host, Leslie Sullivan. Today is episode 288, and today we're going to take a look at what is called the Annual Homeless Assessment Report to Congress. Now, I'm going to be using somewhat older data because I don't have the newest report, but we're going to be taking a look at results from 2010 and 2011. And、it's kind of interesting to see these figures because this is way pre-COVID, way pre-COVID. So if anything, these numbers are probably greatly increased because of COVID-19, and also because of our socialistic regime、uh, government right now. Even though we are a democracy and、uh, we do have capitalism,、uh, whenever you elect a socialist. And have socialist leaders, it tends to lead to a tremendous amount of homeless、uh, homelessness, and、um, people just not getting the care that they need. But let's take a look at this. So again, it's the annual homeless assessment report, and this is a report that goes to Congress. So it says that this is the most accurate and current data on homelessness in the United States, and it is reported annually by the Department of Housing and Urban Development, also known as HUD. Uh, in the annual homeless assessment report to Congress, it's actually called that. The and it's abbreviated AHAR. The AHAR report relies on data from two sources: single night, point in time counts of both sheltered and unsheltered homeless populations reported on the continuum of care applications to HUD, and counts of the sheltered homeless population over a full year. Provided by a sample of communities based on data in their local homeless management information systems, which is also known as HMIS. So what's really sad is that homelessness is such a problem in the United States and has been for a while. I would say ever since the 1960s, that they had to create these systems in order to keep track of it and to try and I would say deter homelessness, but it hasn't really panned out. And the reason why I think this goes back to the 1960s is because the 1960s is when our government, stupidly, under a Democrat regime, implemented many social welfare programs that basically enable people and encourage people to be poor. It does not help them get back on their feet. For example,、uh, Medicare, Medicaid,、um, WIC, which is stands for Women, Infant, and Children. So there's all these, and those are just a few. But there are so many welfare programs that they hinder people from living their best life because the government says you can't make more than this amount, and if you make more than this amount, then you lose all your benefits basically that are from the government. That to me makes no sense because typically, whenever people start making more money, they still need access to the benefits that they had. On a welfare program because they haven't really gotten to be completely financially stable yet. You know, just because someone gets a job making seventy-five thousand dollars a year, that doesn't mean that they have it all up front. You know, if someone goes from making like nothing or twenty k a year to seventy-five k a year, but they've got all this debt and they don't have a normal functioning car, or maybe they need to go buy a car, or maybe they have all these medications that they need to fill. You know that seventy-five thousand dollars—that's spread out over a year. It's not given to them up front. Like no employer does that unless it's like a sign-on bonus, which getting a seventy-five k、uh, sign-on bonus would be awesome. But that's not usually how labor works, and that's usually not how people are paid. 
So this is why so many people stay poor and so a lot of them choose to stay poor, but they they don't want to be poor, but they're kept poor. That's what socialism does. It keeps people poor. It does not help them, it hinders them. So it says in regards to this sample we're going to look at from 2010, it says the sixth report to Congress, the 2010 AHAR report released in July 2011. reports the following household and demographic information for people that had accessed emergency shelters and transitional housing between October 2009 and September 2010 based on a sampling of that data. They're looking at a total number of about 1.59 million people who were homeless in emergency shelters or transitional housing at some point during the year between October 1st, 2009 and September 30th 2010 the nation's sheltered homeless population over a year's time include approximately a little over 1 million individuals 68% and about 517,000 persons and families that's about 32% so most of the homeless people they're individuals it's not entire families that are homeless that's what those percentages are saying so it's about 68% you know a little over half of the homeless people they're just you know individuals you know does everybody belong to a family yes but what this data is talking about is that typically it's not an entire family that's homeless it's just an individual goes on to say a family is a household that includes an adult 18 years of age or older and at least one child so in order to be considered a family you have to be age 18 or older and have at least one child If you don't qualify under that criteria, then you are categorized as an individual in regards to this report and how they are counting homelessness. That's just how it is. This is not in regards to taxes and like head of household or dependent or things like that. This is nothing to do with the IRS and their data. This is completely different. It says all other sheltered homeless people are considered individuals. Now, ethnicity here is very interesting. So for those that say that excuse me that white people have it all, guess what? <laughs> the majority of homeless people are white. And in this particular group of data or in this I would say um this segment of data, it says about 84% of the homeless people from this report are non-Hispanic and non-Latino. So they're white. That's what that means. only about 16.4% from this sample were Hispanic or Latino. So the minority are not the majority when it comes to homelessness. Minorities are the minority in regards to being homeless. Most homeless people are white. I would think that would wake people up that You know, this is not a racist nation when you have about 83.6% of your homeless uh, population they are white they're not a minority they're not of another race like that most of the homelessness even still to this day are not hispanic and non latino which means they're white very interesting there So it breaks it down in terms of the race. It goes way more specific here. I'm not really sure how accurate this data is, but it's very interesting. 
So when it talks about, there's one segment where it says ethnicity, it divides it out between Hispanic and non-Hispanic. Okay, then it divided out into the different races, white, um, which is not Hispanic and Latino, and then white, where they are considered Hispanic or Latino. Then you have blacks, African Americans, and then other races, and then multiple races. What I found to be interesting is that with this group of data. When they were splicing it in a different way, it says that 41.6% are white, non-Hispanic, and non-Latino. 9.7% are white, but they are Hispanic or Latino. 37% are black or African American, and 4.5% are of a other single race, and 7.5% excuse me 7.2% are multiple races. Here's the thing. I know, speaking from someone that lives in the Bible Belt states, most of the homeless people we have here are white. They're not white, Hispanic, Latino, and they're not black or African American. They are white. So I don't understand how they are breaking down this data. So, you know, here's the thing: with statistics, pretty much with any kind of data, you need to take it with a grain of salt. Because I know, like for example, if I were to go to a,、um, a homeless shelter, the majority of the people there that are homeless are going to be white men that are age 30 and over. That's going to be the majority. So this percentage that's 37 percent are black or, or black or African American, excuse me. I don't really believe that number because it doesn't make sense. So again. Just going off of what I've seen in Oklahoma and in Texas and some other places where where I've lived and worked, I hardly ever see people of color that are homeless. I just don't see that. And when I say homeless, I mean people that are living under bridges, and they they smell, they have no food, they have no water, they're living in tents. It's it's mostly whites. It's mostly whites, and I would imagine it would be like that in San Francisco and Los Angeles. So, in terms of age, it has these divided out. So, of this data, when they break it down, again, take this with a grain of salt, but this this age brackets it rings true from what I've seen. The percentage of people that are under the age of eighteen in this report that were homeless between two thousand and nine and two thousand and ten. It was was about twenty one point eight percent, and then those that were age eighteen to age thirty, they were about twenty three point five percent of that group. The largest segment, or the largest, I would say, age bracket that had the most homelessness, was age thirty one to age fifty. I'm not surprised by that, and that was about thirty seven percent of this sample. Then you have age fifty one to sixty one. They are about 14.9 percent of this, I would say, of this、uh, sample. Then you have age 62 and older. They're about 2.8 percent. So the majority of people that are homeless in the United States are individuals. They're male. They're white, not Hispanic, non-Latino, and they're age 31 to age 50. Think about that age bracket. That's when people are supposed to be working. I mean, really working like in a, in a high-end career, like a high-paying career, I should say.、Um, I was thinking high-end, like a high-end store, but I don't mean it like that.、Uh, 
um it's supposed you know age 31 age 50 is when you're really busting your chops to make really good money and have a really good lifestyle and you're putting money away for retirement here's the thing most of the people that are homeless in the United States again are male white non-hispanic non-latino age 31 to age 50 men have been getting the short end of the uh short end of the stick so to speak for a long time and here's the thing many of these people that are homeless whether male or female many of them have mental disorders meaning psychological problems Many of them I would imagine are schizophrenic, which doesn't surprise me with that. Cuz there are more schizophrenics that are men than women. Cuz it's more common in men. And usually people don't get diagnosed with that until they're like I think early 20s. From what I've come across in my line of work, um when I've met people or you know handled someone's taxes or things like that, let's say they have a son or a daughter, Usually um if their child has been diagnosed schizophrenia usually they found out when they were in college and there was a problem like usually like their junior or senior year there was something going on that wasn't making sense with their mental stability uh, excuse me their mental stability let me get a drink of water hold on just a second I apologize the air is kind of dry where I'm at so I'm drinking a lot of water but anyway Usually when someone gets diagnosed with schizophrenia, it's usually in their early 20s and usually something's going on um in their life that kind of I would say predates that. And so schizophrenia kind of manifests itself. And so that's typically when people get diagnosed with that. Now in terms of you you know getting back to homeless people here in terms of the household size. So you can Try to think of the best way to describe this. So let's say you're not in a household, like you you don't live in suburbia, USA, and you're not in a in a particular family, so to speak, or maybe you don't own a home. When it's talking about household size with this data, remember it's talking about people that are either individuals, and if you are a household, you have to be age 18 and over and have at least or have one child or more. in order to be considered a household. So you can still be considered part of a household and be living on the streets. That's what it's talking about here. So we're not talking about in regards to filing your taxes or, you know, someone living in suburbia, you know, USA and they've got the white picket fence and they've got the house and the car. We're not talking about that household data. We're talking about what is considered a household for people that live on the streets. So 63% of this sample are a one person household. So over 50% of people that are homeless, they're all on their own. They are their own household. So it wasn't them and their family that became homeless, it's just them. That doesn't mean that they don't have a family that actually lives elsewhere, but this is talking about their household size. when they are homeless and they're living on the streets. This is what this is talking about. Then of this sample data, 10.1% are in a household of two people. 
10.4%, excuse me, 10.4% are in a household of 3 people. 8.1% are in a household of 4 people. And 8.4% are in a household of 5 of more people. 5 or more people, excuse me. So what this is telling us is that most people that are homeless in the United States that are living on the streets they are male they are their own household when they're living on the street so when they become homeless they're not taking everybody with them they're age 31 to age 50 they're white not hispanic non latino so they're basically completely on their own and they don't have hardly any ties to any family because again the data from this sample says that it's way more common for individuals to be completely on their own and that means that they are their own household that's what this means so whenever the government or democrats say oh you know whenever we have immigrants here or refugees here or illegals here You're just putting the entire family out on the street. That's not true. That's not what the data says. That's not what it says at all. It's actually individuals that are American citizens that are homeless. It's not illegals. Illegals under this current administration are are being given so much money. It's ridiculous. Like in New York, like they're they're being paid to stay in fancy hotels. Is that appropriate? No, it's not. Then it talks about the veteran status. So for those that say, "Oh, most homeless people are veterans," that's not true either. Of this sample of individuals, only 11.6% are veterans. That means that 88.4% of home of homelessness or homeless people in this sample they're not veterans so for those who say oh we got to do it for the kids this isn't about kids oh we got to do it for the veterans it's not for the veterans most people that are homeless are not military most people that are homeless are not minors then this is very interesting when it talks about disability status and this is talking about adults only Again, 63.2% of this sample of individuals are not disabled that are homeless. So they're homeless, but well over 50% are not disabled. Only 36.8% are disabled. So again, if someone's saying, "Oh, most of the homeless people are refugees or illegals or they're disabled or they're veterans," That's not true at all. That's all lies. That's all lies. So then it talks about living situation prior to program entry. So prior to people becoming homeless, what was their living situation? For those that are already homeless, it says 14.1% were in a place not meant for human habitation. 25% were in emergency shelters. This next section is from quote unquote housing and so these are newly homeless people. 
11.8% were in a rented or owned housing unit. 17.6% were staying with family. 12.6% were staying with friends. Then you have a different subsection. It says from institu- uh, excuse me, institutional settings. It says 6.4% were in a psychiatric facility, substance abuse center or hospital, which would be non um uh what's it called? Basically it's not a it's not a, a I'm trying to think. psychiatric facility. So there's a difference between a psychiatric facility and a hospital. Our hospitals have changed over the years, especially since the 1960s, and I say that because it wasn't until like the 1960s and possibly the 1970s that they they shut down most of our mental institutions or insane asylums here in the United States and that's when we had a tremendous homeless population greatly expand. It's because these people had no place to go and they were no longer receiving the mental health treatments that they needed to be a normal functioning person or an adult. So the government's solution, big program solution was to shut down all of these facilities. Most of them I should say, especially state run ones. There are still some privatized ones, but they're very expensive, very expensive. But the state doesn't want to pay for people to be healthy. That's why it shut them down. Then it says 4.4%, excuse me, 4.4%, sorry, my mouth is still dry. We're in a jail, prison or juvenile detention center. Let me get another drink of water. And 0.2% were in a foster care home. Then you have 7.9% were in a hotel or a motel, no voucher. So then you have this next section that talks about the stability of previous nights living arrangements. So the thing about being homeless is that there's no stability. And if there is stability, it's very limited. So it says 20.6% stayed for one week or less. Then you have 15.4% stayed more than one week, but less than a month. 21.6% stayed one to one to three months. 16% stayed more than three months, but less than a year. And 26.4% stayed one year or longer. So this next section is talking about the zip code of last permanent address for homeless people. This is very interesting. 62.5% came from the same jurisdiction as the program location that they're in. So homelessness what this means homelessness the the majority of homeless people um their their problem is a local problem. That's what that means. So why are we sending millions if not billions of dollars overseas when we need to be helping our own people here at home? That's my point with this. Cuz only 37.6% came from a different jurisdiction than the program location. So most homeless people that join a type of program, they they are locally, I would say planted. Meaning that they're not just traveling from state to state. So homelessness is a local issue and it is a community issue. What's interesting is you have communities like Los Angeles, San Francisco and communities in um I would say 
New York, possibly New Jersey, that they have the highest taxes in the country. Well, not New Jersey, but they have very high real estate tax, but they have some of the highest taxes, but yet they have the highest homelessness population. It's insane because you would think that if they're collecting quote unquote more taxes and the government says, "Oh, we're going to help people," then they would help people. But that's not what gets done, which is really sad. So next we're going to talk about um on a single night in January 2008, there were 664,414 sheltered and non-sheltered homeless persons nationwide. Just imagine how large that number is now with COVID-19 and the aftermath of that. Um it says nearly 6 and 10 people who were homeless at a single point in time were in emergency shelters or transitional housing programs, while 42% were unsheltered on the street or in other places not meant for human habitation. Here's the thing, there are many homeless people, they don't want your help. And and they I would say you even if they want your help, um they don't like the help that they are receiving from the government. Because they see the government as an intruding on their privacy, which is technically true. Just kind of how it is. Um in terms of the I'm trying to think how to describe this. Well, they have a section that talks about chronically homeless. So people that are just continuously homeless and they never really find their place in society. Of this data, it says 124,135 people were chronically homeless. 37% were in shelters. So that means that 63% were unsheltered. So that means well over 50% of the homeless population from this data from this sample were unsheltered and they're living on the streets. Then it talks about some subpopulations in regards to homelessness and people that that are sheltered. So they have a place to go, but this breaks down what exactly some of their issues are and this is talking about sheltered subpopulations and I'll close with this 34.7% are chronic substance abusers 26.2% are severely mentally ill 15.1% are veterans that's not a lot 12.3% are victims of domestic violence So for those who say domestic violence greatly puts people on the streets, that's not true. That's not true at all. Then it says 3.9% are persons with HIV/AIDS and this is only talking about adults. And 1.1% are unaccompanied youth. So for those that are saying, "Oh, you know, we have a large segment of young people that are homeless." That's not true. It's only like 1.1%. It probably isn't much greater than that today even with COVID-19. So but numbers don't lie in regards to this. And I understand this data is about 13 years old. 
but it's a really good snapshot of what was going on before COVID-19 and also before Biden got into office. I mention this because just imagine what the numbers are like now. That very much concerns me because you know we have a a presidency that claims to care about people but we're sending all this money and supplies and military weaponry overseas. We're getting involved in other people's battles that are not um directly impacting the United States and there are some wars and battles that we should not be involved in. I don't think we should be sending any supplies to the Ukraine. It's a very corrupt country, it's a very corrupt nation. It's being run by a guy that's like, I don't know, my age, like 39 or something. He's not that old. And he dresses like a communist. And I understand that the Ukraine is being invaded by Russia, but the Ukraine never really left the Soviet bloc. which is what Putin is trying to bring back into the Russian fold. He basically wants a second Soviet Union is what he wants. And you might be thinking, well why would he want to do that? Well, remember Putin is ex-KGB. Russia does not really have a true democracy. That's a joke. It's better than what it was, but it's not a true democracy. So, here's the thing. Just think about all the millions and billions of dollars that we are sending overseas. We could be spending that here to help our homeless population no longer be homeless. And I'm not talking about giving out free passes and free money and free housing and free healthcare because nothing's free. It all costs money. What I'm talking about is helping people get the healthcare and the mental healthcare they need to get back on their feet and help them get good, high-paying jobs. and be really trained and really good at what they do. But here's the thing. If if our homeless people never get back on their feet, they will forever stay homeless whether they are sheltered or unsheltered. And again, I'll say this again, the majority of the homeless in the United States are white, male, non-Hispanic, non-latino age 31 to age 50 and they're on their own they don't have their kids with them they don't have their wives with them they are their own household and they're living on the streets oh and most of them are not veterans most of them are not disabled they're not veterans so again the the democrats and the liberal left love to say oh we've got this huge problem well we we do have a pretty large problem but it's not the problem that they are claiming it is they're just saying oh most of the people that are homeless are from domestic violence that's not true Most of the homeless people are from um it's it's a problem with illegals. Well, send the illegals back to their country then they won't be homeless. Duh. We have a responsibility to take care of Americans first. And right now, we're not doing that. And we haven't been doing that since the 1960s or the 1970s. Why? 
because that's when a lot of government programs were implemented. Government programs, especially welfare programs, encourage people to fail. They do not help them succeed. Social welfare programs always hinder, they never help. Never. If if welfare programs actually worked, we would not have a homeless population. And if we did, it would not be very large. But this is why big government is always a big problem. Because it just spends money. It doesn't make things better, it technically makes things worse. But I'll go ahead, <coughs> excuse me, I will go ahead and end it there for this lovely episode. But as usual until next time, I pray that you're happy, healthy and whole. that you have a wonderful day and a wonderful week. Thank you so much. God bless and bye-bye. Don't let this world go down